All right, guys, this is a one-off episode of Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. This is uh, more of a special announcement. No, let me try that again. Let me make it sound a little bit more special. This is a special announcement. Okay, so here's the deal. On Instagram, I had been posting for the last couple of days that I have something special to state. Um, First and foremost, here's part one of it. First of all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, because the resounding support and encouragement that I have been receiving for setting stages in the last two weeks has been unbelievable. I have listeners out in the Netherlands right now, and I have about like, I mean, this is huge to me, all right, but I have like 70-something episodes or listens out in the Netherlands, and I don't even know how I got there. So whoever it is and whatever it is that my audience is doing to share my podcast, it has been huge. Here's the deal. The other part of this announcement is especially important for those of you who are already subscribed to me through Apple Podcasts. You are now listening to, I think, episode 14, which is going to be airing today. Or, yeah, so you're listening to episode 14. And um, my Anchor feed, for those of you who don't know, I've moved Setting Stages to be hosted through Anchor, which is an awesome, phenomenal app for those of us who are podcast hosts and um, producers. So here's what Anchor does. Anchor actually um, allows you to upload your episodes through their app or through their website, and their website then distributes that episode or your podcast show to multiple platforms. That's how I ended up getting the uh, Spotify spot that I have on there, which is the resounding support that I've been receiving. And that's probably how I reached out to the Netherlands. I don't know. But the point is, Anchor distributes to so many platforms, Google Play, I mentioned Spotify, Stitcher, and another one of those platforms that they distribute to is Apple Podcasts. So what does that mean for you, my Setting Stages listener? For those of you subscribed on Apple Podcasts now, who are on episode 14, there is another feed that has been created by Anchor that is currently on episode 7. So... As the weeks go by, one week at a time, my anchor feed will be uploading one episode every week until it catches up to the original setting stages feed on Apple Podcasts. So right now, the anchor feed on Apple Podcasts is at episode 7, which means next week it'll be at episode 8, and then episode 9 the week after, etc., etc. So, as it catches up to the episodes that my original Apple Podcast feed, which is what many of you are subscribed to, it will be uh, two different feeds that you see on Apple Podcasts, which also means when that episode actually catches up from Anchor to Apple, uh, my feed, I will actually take down the feed that I originally uploaded. That is a huge risk for me because it completely resets my relevance on the searches for Apple Podcasts. It's a blow to the gut because I think I've built a little bit of a good following on my podcast originally, and now I'm going to take it down. It's not going to happen right away. I will be reminding you in every single episode to please move your subscription over to the new feed. And the way that you can find that is through Apple Podcasts. Search for Setting Stages, and you'll see that one says Eddie Mac, which is the one that was originally uploaded and will continue to be uploaded for now. And the other one will say setting stages, Eddie Macaranis, which is my full name. And that is the anchor feed that is distributing over to Apple Podcasts. Um, I know it's an inconvenience for you as my listener, and I apologize that I have to take this step. But the reason why I'm doing it is so that it's organized on Apple. I don't want two feeds on there. I feel like it's cluttery, it's super messy, and it gets really confusing as to how I'm going to be found in the future. And since it's made it easier for me to do this through Anchor, I'm going to continue feeding my podcast episodes through that app and dedicate setting stages through there because it distributes to so many other platforms. As I mentioned earlier, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and all of that, I am now a part of that community of listeners, which I'm super thankful for. So that all being said, for those of you who are currently on the Eddie Mac setting stages subscription on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please 
move your subscription or add your subscription to the Eddie Macaranis setting stages with Eddie Macaranis. And, uh, and then you'll be all caught up. And like I said, it's not going to happen right away. It's going to happen over time because the anchor upload is going to be catching up to the original upload that I'm currently manually doing. So that's the special announcement, guys. Thanks so much for your guys' continued support. I really appreciate you being able to adapt and adjust with me as I make this transition to make this podcast a little bit more user-friendly and a lot more streamlined for me, which allows me more time to distribute and continue to record more episodes for you guys to listen to. And while you're at it, if you are listening to this on your phone, please take a screenshot of what you're listening to right now and share it on your Instagram stories or anywhere that it is at social media, perhaps to help me spread the word about the adjustments that I'm making. Again, thank you so much for bearing with me through this transition, and I appreciate your continued support. Love y'all. Hey, what's up, and welcome back, or welcome to Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. I'm your host, Eddie Macaranis, and I basically talk to people who have led themselves through an unconventional path through life, whether that means it's their career or their passion. Um, maybe it's a recovery phase. Um, you know, I, I, this, this show is open to a lot of different stories that have completely unique insights on how to navigate certain facets of life. And today I've got a really fun-spirited guest on the show. Her name is Melinda Guerrero, and she is just an adventure junkie. She has traveled internationally. She's done it by herself. She's done it with groups. She did it because she has childhood experiences that really contribute contributed to this adventure bug of hers. So today she's going to talk about her adventure junkie life, how she became a travel enthusiast. She's also going to talk about her path to becoming a national park ranger in the United States. Um, and she'll even touch a little bit on how the internet has influenced the travel and outdoors industry. She'll also share some advice on how to hike high elevations and how to prepare for international solo traveling because she has so much experience in doing that. Um, she's an old dance friend of mine. We met through Choreo Cookies, which is the dance team that I was a part of. Um, and she has been just an awesome, awesome energy in my life. And I'm super glad that we were able to cross paths. And also, this is another first for setting stages of Eddie Mac because I'm actually talking to Melinda over the phone and recording our conversation through phone line and everything. She is actually living in the mountains right now. She had to drive down the mountain to get signal and park in a public parking lot. And she's right around sunset when she and I are talking. So I just wanted to make sure that she was up the mountain safely while there was still a little bit of daylight left. Anyway, so here it is. Without further ado, Melinda Guerrero, episode 14 of Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. Let's go. Dude, hey, whatevs. I appreciate you even taking the time to do this, man. Yeah, thank you. This is really cool. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like really excited to hear what you have to say, to be honest. I know I didn't send you like any questions in advance, but um, to be honest no, with you. this would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I really just want it to be an organic conversation anyways, but um, I'm, I've got a lot of curious, you know, things that I want, want to ask you. Um, just, yeah. you know, just want to see where you want to go with this. But before we okay. even get started, though, like, um, how much time do you have, first of all, so I can be mindful of that? Um, let's see. Well, it starts getting dark, so it's, I don't want to, like, stay out here maybe no more than, like, 45 minutes, because... Yeah, it probably won't be the best spot once the sun goes down. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So you're yeah. about, so you got about like forty minutes to really to talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. I'll respect that, and I don't want you to drive up the mountain like in an unsafe environment. Nor do I want you sitting in a DQ parking lot at night. <laughs> Thanks. Because that's not cool. <laughs> no, <down> on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So welcome, first of all, to setting stages with Eddie Mack. Yay! Yeah. Hello. <laughs> it's, we're live. We're recording right now, so just so you know, okay? Hi, everybody. <laughs> Whoever's listening. <laughs> so this is a first ever um, setting stages where I'm talking to my guest over the phone, so this is a first-time experience for me. Um, oh, I okay. really appreciate you taking the time to talk. This is going to be super exciting and very unique compared to other guests that I've invited. I mean, man, if I could be there in person, I would. <laughs> I know you would. I know you would. But um, I think that you're in the right place. I think you would agree, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's it's fun. And then it's an adventure. <laughs> so tell us where you are and what you do. 
All right, so I am technically in Cape Junction, but I actually live 30 minutes up the mountain from the small town, and I'm working as a park guide or aka park ranger at the Oregon Caves National Monument and Preserve, so I'm a National Park Service uh, employee. How long have you been wanting to do this? Um, well, okay, so what's funny is that I actually had a friend back from college, and this is back in 2010, and she messaged me saying, hey, can't believe you finally did it, and I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) And so she goes, you're a park ranger now, and I was like, holy crap, did that idea come up way before than what I actually thought? So I guess it the fee was implemented way back um, as early as 2010. And oh then I gosh. I really didn't start applying until 2016. And of course, I got like, <laughs> nobody <laughs> responded to me because, you know, I'm not like a veteran. And it's definitely a very competitive uh, career, you know, field to go into. So, yeah, it was interesting. I didn't get any responses the first time around. That's crazy. Uh, well, okay, I want to revisit kind of that that process with you, but um, before we dive yeah. into it, um, tell me, I, okay, so the reason why I wanted you to, to be on my show is um, I wanted you to obviously share your experience as an adventure junkie, an outdoor enthusiast. That's what I know, <laughs> know you to be. Um, but, yeah. but before we dive into that passion, um, just tell us, tell us what you, what it was like growing up as a kid for Melinda. Let's see. So I went by a few other alias names. So I was Mowgli, <laughs> <laughs> or I was Gorda. <laughs> <laughs> so I love food, and I love maybe you know going around the jungles. Um, but so as a kid, we went on a lot of trips. I think my parents pretty much. I think the earliest trip we did was I was eight, and we did every other year an international trip, and then every single year we would do a camping trip, whether or a road trip, you know, go to Yosemite, or go to the Great Canyon. Obviously, we have family that comes along, grandparents, um, and that was just, like, something that I, I just always knew. We were going in our Volkswagen van, even if it broke down, <laughs> we were going somewhere. Right on. So you guys, so how, how were you guys in California the whole time that you were visiting, like you mentioned, Yosemite and a couple of other parks? It sounds like West Coast was where you were. Yeah, uh, well, we did a couple, um, you know, going up to Canada or Mexico, and we definitely went to the East Coast and Florida, mm-hmm. um, went to Hawaii. I think the most memorable one for me was going to the Yucatan Peninsula in uh, Mexico, so hitting up uh, all the Mayan temples and Chichen Itza, that was, I think, my most favorite family trip. What is it about that place that really resonated with you growing up? I've always been interested in ancient civilizations and that type of history. I was never a World War II, World War I, or, you know, modern U.S. history. I just, it was like, eh, but, you know, talk about Greeks and mythology and the Egyptians and the Mayan temples and the Incas. I I was very intrigued by it, so going to a place where you have this huge, you know, uh, man-made wonder of the world. And at the time, I didn't know that, but I was like, wow, this is really awesome. Like, you have so much history in here in a very rich culture. Um, yeah, it just, like, it just caught my eye. And I, I just remember distinctly all, like, the cobblestone streets and, like, the huge uh, stones and everything building the pyramids. So... It, that that really sticks to me. So you were fascinated more around like um, it sounds like maybe the, the more primitive primitive technology and even the way that they had to tell. I mean, because I studied yeah. a little bit of like anthropology, um, you know, back in yeah. college and stuff, and it was super intriguing. Just I mean, even the Mayan calendar. I I learned that the Mayan calendar is even more accurate than our modern day calendar now. Man, they're smart. <laughs> it's crazy, and and, Those and Mayans. like how are we supposed to replicate that? I don't know why we didn't, but I mean, it's just I, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, when you were growing up and traveling to all these places with your family, well, I think, first of all, that's dope that your family was enthusiastic about being outside and, and exploring just kind of unfamiliar territory. I think that's really dope that... And taking little kids. Yeah, like, taking little kids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, it's not something that I see or hear about actually often enough. I think it still exists for sure. I do, I do it for my children. So mm-hmm. now I'm curious yeah. now as a parent for you being a child in this family, did you, was there ever a time where you were resenting traveling? Uh, no, no, I don't ever think that when we hopped in the van and we packed our bag that I was like, Aw. yeah, yeah. You weren't bummed. <laughs> I was or like, yeah, let me tuck your ear off, mom and dad. And we'll be like, oh no, let's travel all night. So she'll go to sleep. And then I was like, ah, and then go to sleep. (laughs) Oh my God. How many siblings do you have then? I do have an older sister. Okay. And so the four of you then travel together? Yep. Even even number, which is always good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Easy to pack into a van, that's for sure. Yes. A little easier. So, um, so you, so here you are. You're, tra- you're traveling to different parks, different parts of the United States, and even internationally. Um, mm-hmm. And at what point in time were you like, "Oh my gosh, is it, like, uh, is this something that you wanted to do all of your life, or did you kind of like have to define that or, or revisit it and say, you know, I really like that time of my life. Let me just try to live this out." I think. Well, as a kid, it wasn't like I didn't know that don't do that like you know as a, as a, a ch- child this is what you're grown up um and you're used to so I'm like yeah you know okay every family goes camping at the beach all right every family goes to a road trip in their van and goes to Yosemite so that wasn't like something that I thought was unique or something that you know might be special for our family I just knew that that's what you do that's the way my parents brought me up. So um, definitely, I would say it's revisiting. Because as I got through college, you know, I started having other interests and going through like adolescence. And of course, I get through dance and I meet awesome people like you. And so my interests shifted. Um, And then it went back once I realized I graduated college and the major that I majored in was not something that I could see myself doing because as soon as I graduated, I thought of, I looked at like my, the description of my diploma and I was like, Oh, I don't know if that's going to work out for me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that seems to be such a common story. What, um, what do you study? Yeah. So I studied film production design. So theater arts emphasis in film, television and media which is completely opposite of what I'm doing right now. But (laughs) my initial interest in it was set design. And I really like architecture. And that's why I do gravitate towards like ancient civilizations because you have like neoclassical times and all of the, um, you know, Roman and Greek architecture. And then you have the Mayan temples. Like what are the, um, what are the Mayans building? And so that is what I loved about it was getting to research different cultures throughout time and the history background of it and then creating buildings or sets for that. And I just didn't realize, oh, the movie the movie business isn't going to always do themed movies, the, the stuff that I'm interested in, and it's a very cutthroat industry. And I was like, oh, see... I forgot to read the fine lines of this career path. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. And, and, you know, and again, it's, it's just, it's, it's pretty common. Like we have this direction or at least we think we do. And we have this plan to like go to school, um, get, you know, kind of the steady job or the, or at least the job that seems to, to fit my interest and also like would be unique and pay well, things of that nature, you know? Yeah. And then I think that, there's there's a point in time where for many of us, even for myself, where we just kind of realize, what do I really care about in my life? Or like, what's, what's, what really speaks to me? And then like, how do you, then you have to figure out like, how do I do that for a living? Yes. You know? You, you have you, to create your own job role. For sure. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of cool now. I mean, uh, I think that with the way, you know, ironically, you know, you are a nature lover, lover and, um, you know, looking at, uh, at ancient architecture, 
Um, but looking at modern technology, what the internet has provided um, many people who really didn't have direction, they can really be themselves and, and, and show their interest, you know, through social and, and use those avenues to, to create a business. Um, how do you? Yeah. How do you feel about, you know, because I, I see adventure photographers, for instance, um, that are just blown up. There's, there's, there's you know, one locally that um, that is from Oceanside that le- that went to Vista uh, High School with me. Uh, I don't oh, know wow. him. It, weird thing is I don't know him personally, but I know the people that, that, that do know him personally. Um, and okay. he's doing an incredible job, like really um, showing what, what it like, what it's like to really hashtag get out there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Um so you know what are your thoughts on that and and how the internet has kind of played a role in exposing these other worlds that are really, you know, not under the limelight or at least weren't before. Yeah, so that's a interesting question cuz I'm actually um I would say I have like it's bittersweet cuz I was actually talking to another dancer friend that I still talk to and you know her very well but um, hi, Lindsay. <laughs> hi, Lindsay. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, and I actually brought up the whole concept of, like, you know, what bothers me is that a lot of these places that I like to go to and that I love to spend time in, unfortunately, it's getting overcrowded with so much tourism. Hmm. And, of course, a lot of that has to do with a huge jump in technology and all of this, like, social media. So, I mean, I have to be thankful because a lot of, like, the research that I put into it, like, going to a place, it's like, all right, let me find, um, search, blah, 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 um, let me do my own homework, and it, it actually is, it's like you're putting together your own, like, essay report for a class. Like, when you go to a trip, to me, a lot of it is all preparation. Like, there's no shortcut, and I, I think that the experience is way more valuable and valid when you can say like all right i started from it was an idea and then i researched it and then i did my homework i found you know google maps and then i did the budgeting blah 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 and then you know you have a fun time but what's happening i think for me is now like such things as geotagging in instagram i actually I'm stopping geotagging now because a lot of people are now having shortcuts. Like they'll look for, all right, where the longitude and latitude uh, GPS coordinates for this. Cause now all I have to do is plug it into my GPS or my phone and bam, I'm there. And I'm like, ah, you never put in the hard work to like, but that's like half the fun is you get to actually research this stuff and appreciate it more. So I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of torn between using technology, but then also like scaling it back a bit. Yeah, I get it. Because uh, I mean, in the way that I even pre- prepped that question was that um, these previously un- uh, unfamiliar grounds ha- are like being more exposed, and I guess mm-hmm. more people are able to see these beautiful places, and um, so I can appreciate it from that standpoint, and from what I'm getting from you, though, is that you put in that research, that work into exploring that un- unknown territory, and then like working to get to that destination without the guide of a geotag or a GPS mm-hmm. coordinate, like you explained, and I can see how like being a purist in that sense and I appreciate that, by the way. I completely see your point. Um, <laughs> it's funny, though, because that same cliche of, of saying it's the journey and not so much the destination very yeah. much applies, you know, quite literally to this to this explanation of yours. I think so. I mean, yeah, you can get to the summit of a mountain. But to me, yeah, the, the view is great. It's awesome. But, you know, I want to be able to sweat and you know, grudge my way up there and actually work for this view because if it's that easy, you know, maybe in the future we can just hover on the ground and then we could just be like, oh, yeah, let's go there. And you just, like, fly over there and it's done. And it's like, is it that special? I don't know because I don't really feel like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I respect that so much too. I, I have to say that um, my first time, ever summiting like a really high elevation was just it just happened two weeks ago 
Um, Yay! Yeah. Awesome. So I mean, I've like you know, I've gone on hikes and 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 I've had some elevation gain, but nothing of uh, of this height where I was you know above ten thousand feet, you know, above sea level. Okay. Um, nice. So, so for so first time for me, and um, you know, five and a half hours of work, you know, to get to that summit. Um, yeah. And that's that's with breaks and just really, it's it's just so humbling the amount of work that is put behind getting to a summit like that. But when you, and it's funny when you get to the top. I was thinking to myself when I got there, and this was Mount Baldy. Okay, just to give you a reference point. Oh, I know Baldy oh, like see. the back of my hand. See, <laughs> I, I, why am I not surprised, dude? Right? <laughs> um, how many times have you done it? Um, too many times. Really? Okay, so <laughs> that was one of our training mountains to do Fortuners uh, in the Sierras. So yeah, oh, I know shoot. that place. Okay, cool. Um. From what I know, from what I knew of it, um, you know, high elevations can, you know, get you real sick or, you know, certain things can happen. Um, And so I I did my research. Yes, I used the Internet to like just but I wanted to be like safe. You know what I mean? Um, Uh, (laughs) I wanted to take care of my body uh, so that I can actually get through this, because, first of all, I was leveraging myself against people who were experienced with that mountain already. I went with a group that that knew the mountain. I've done it at least (laughs) at least once, um, if not more times already. So. When I did it, I was like, dude, I'm I'm kind of like the standout where I've never done this before. I got my first set of trekking poles to get through this thing. And um I know, I know. Proud of you. Such a (laughs) such an adventure baby now. Uh well, so I get to the summit, um, which was an extraordinary view. Like it was so cool to see a whole bunch of other people there celebrating the same, you know, feeling of success. But I have to say that like I like I genuinely really enjoyed the the work to get yeah. there you know what i mean so i get what you're saying like 100 percent, i get what you're saying yeah and the thing is what i also admire is that you went with people who are already in the know so like that's always like for me don't just like go naively into something and then expect you know to there be a water fountain when you need water you know like it's it's always do the homework like do the work because every single thing that i've done so far it's like all right let me at least test drive it and go with someone who already knows so that was really good that you planned that cool yeah all right i got it straight from the source that i did the right thing guys (laughs) (laughs) all right um so actually you know speaking of um you know going with people who are experienced you i mean if if i look at the way that you documented a lot of your travels and adventures um you know you post far and few between or especially in the past when you were going internationally uh i don't know if it was necessarily solo but were you traveling solo at any point internationally yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you make friends along the way, but for the most part, there's no one that I dragged from home with me the entire way. There's been a few people that have met me for a week out of my travels, but then they fly back home, and then I'm, and then I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. Can you can, can you give us uh, maybe one of your experiences where you just kind of went blindly through your, your adventure? Yeah. Um, so... Okay, so this was in Peru, and this is a trip I did in 2015, and it's actually, there's a lot of photos, there's a section of photos that I have never posted anything about it, because I'm still too selfish to share them, but um, (laughs) even three years later, um, so I was actually, I just left Cusco, and I had two friends that left they came for a few days to join me on my adventure and so then I was off to another city and I really did not have any clue what was going to happen I just knew that there was some guy that I already prepaid for him to pick me up the airport because I don't know where I'm going but I had to be very cautious because I really don't like taking taxis by myself abroad it's just a bad situation (laughs) And that's why I've only done it maybe two or three times. What are, I would what are your rather, concerns about that? Well, the thing is, I hate to say it, but it is harder to travel as a female solo okay. person. Because there's just, it, it, it is, there are things that we have to take more into consideration. And because of that, it makes things a little bit, you have to be more confident. 
And I, I knew that straight from the start. I've, I've done my homework and I, I took like a, a self-defense class and all of this stuff. Because oh, yeah. Know, wow. Right? Look at that, huh? Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's better to have those skills than to need it and then you're you're in deep trouble. <laughs> For sure. But I so I was traveling and I remember um, I get to the airport, I come out, it's a really small airport, I pop out of a city called Trujillo, and the guy picks me up, I go to the, the hotel, and I spend a week there, and it, it was it was fine, it was cool, and at the end of that week, I come back, and this is where the issue comes up, so I take a taxi from the town back to the airport, and it's nighttime, it's actually, it's, you know, it's getting towards dusk, um, and I realize I'm like, crap, all right, I'm going to have to take a taxi because there's no bus system that I know of, and I get the next taxi, and you get the right one because there's, there's some that are actually widget, and then there's some that are not, so I get a widget one, but this guy that's driving, I was like, oh, man, he looks really young. And that already makes me a little bit like... For sure. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, and so he's talking in Spanish, and just the thing that I was starting to get a little, like, hairs on the back of my neck was that he was asking me really sexual, inappropriate questions. And I'm thinking, like, man, okay, I'm just going to make the story. I have a boyfriend waiting for me at the airport because that's the first thing they ask. Like, where is your boyfriend? Because nobody thinks that if you're a, a, a female that, you know, obviously you have a boyfriend. Right. You wouldn't travel by yourself. Like, that's a foreign concept. <laughs> for sure, right? Um, and I, I said, and I told him in Spanish, I was like, just please take me to the airport. I have to get on a plane right now, even though actually I had still four more hours. But it's just one of those things where I was about ready to, I don't know, hop out of the car and maybe throw some punches if it came to it. Because it really made me uncomfortable. And that's the one time where I actually felt scared. <laughs> Damn, man. So yeah. what, um, what advice can you provide to other travelers that have that maybe have plans to do that or they've got an aspiration to travel solo like that? Is there something that you can kind of give as a, I don't know. A yeah, way. so I would say most of the time, it's it's pretty, um, you can do it. It's doable. Like, traveling solo is not scary. It's not as lonely as people think. Yeah, there are times when you can get lonely. But just know your, your, your gut instincts and have some common sense. Like, if you walk down the street you already know it's nighttime. Maybe taking the public street that's full of a lot of people, and even though it's four more blocks and it'll take 20 more minutes to get back to your hostel or wherever you're staying, that is worth it than taking the shortcut that goes behind an alley. Like, there's just things that, you know, just put two and two together. Don't do stupid things that you normally wouldn't do at home anyways. Just because you're traveling doesn't mean everyone's going to be nice. Just be aware, like situational awareness, basically. Yeah. But just have that in the back of your mind because remember, this isn't your home. You're just a guest. And there are other people that know the places that you're in way better than you do. Damn. That's actually like it's, it's really simple advice, to be honest, but also not necessarily easy advice to follow, you know? Yeah. I mean, there will be times when, you know, you might, you know, find yourself in a pickle, but just think positive that things will, like, turn out. And usually they do. I find that when you're with people <laughs> or if you're in a state of mind that's all negative, most likely the universe is going to hand you negative outcomes and negative situations. That is the damn truth. I'm actually learning a lot of that so much more it's, it's such a relevant statement in in different different um facets of life you know just yeah, yeah. damn um you know i like to think and i actually know i i really do believe in my heart that like the majority of people that we encounter are good people um i mean are, like what, what are some like really cool scenarios where you like met a stranger and it was just an awesome experience um well so, going off of, like, 
you know, what you put out is what you get. Sure. And I tend to think, you know what, I'm just going to stay positive and just be happy, smile, be nice to people all the time, or at least, you know, as much as I can. And it always seems to be, I, I get people that want to tell me their life story, like in random places. I'll <laughs> be in trains or airports. Uh, but one one situation was I ended up, flying to I was on the way to New Zealand and I was on the plane and I noticed that there was a guy sitting two seats beside me and I had I had noticed him before because he was checking in a surfboard and you know obviously like that's something that is a hobby of mine so I was like okay but I don't know if he's on the same flight as me but he ends up being on the same flight all right of course I strike a, a conversation like, oh, hey, how is this surf in New Zealand? Is that where you're going? And he's like, yeah. And so we just get to talking. And if you're just nice to people, like, things actually turn out well. So <laughs> we ended up, my I was meeting my friend in New Zealand, and he offered myself and my friend, who wasn't even on the plane, he doesn't even know who she is, but offered us pretty much a, a holiday to stay with him and his family for Christmas. And we ended up having a, a Kiwi Christmas dinner and we stayed a few nights and got to be shown around just like the local spots. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> and that's happened to me um, several times where I just meet people, especially on the plane or somewhere in transit. And then I end up you know welcome to their homes and then they, they end up giving you know a nice meal a place to stay and i'm like wow that's just because i'm i just said hello and how are you how how are you really <laughs> that's cool that's a really it's a I guess kind of a humbling experience I can imagine when you, you, because you talk about being cautious, um, being aware of your surroundings and, you know, just using common sense. But then there's also that gut feeling that you also have to go with, whether that's a negative gut feeling, but then there's also that good kind of butterflies kind of feeling that you got a good feel for a good vibe from this person. And and then you kind of like confide in that and trust in that moment, right? Yeah, I mean, you'll definitely, you know. I mean, you eventually, you'll know how to read people. You'll know if someone's in your personal bubble and it's weird, and you'll know if it's a good vibe. It's like, okay, this person is genuine. Because right off the bat, I can meet someone, and probably in the first five minutes, I'll know if I can be friends with them or if I can't. Yeah. Or if, um, if there's something, you know, like, creepy about them or not. Like, you should know that, you know, pretty soon and you know eventually you're going to hang out with them again or you're going to be like yeah this is the one time that was it <laughs> for sure yeah and it's just, it's just like peace i'm out <laughs> we're, yeah we're, our encounter is done <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so in this in that scenario that the example that you gave where you were invited to the home and everything and even a place to stay for a night or two um yeah. When you traveled abroad, or or before you've traveled ab- abroad, um, and you explain about doing your research and then plotting out where you may end up or how to get to where you'd like to end up, how did you plan where to stay during some of those long excursions? So I mainly I I like to wing things, but then plan specific things. Okay. So I won't. <laughs> I'll wing it when it comes to, like, activities and maybe specific, um, you know, checklist things. But then I will specifically plan flights and maybe key cities. And then in those key cities, I will look up at least three options to stay at. So that gives me some peace of mind. That way I don't just show up blind and like, okay, I'm a homeless foreigner, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it also gives me a beginning and an end goal. All right, if I arrive on August 1st, I have this flight, I have to get back here at this airport on August 30th, you know? Like, so it's good to plan things and then wing other things that you know you move around. So I think that's, that's how I do it, at least. Yeah. There was a time um, where I was looking at your documentation and your um, Instagram feed, 
and you were like in a car, you were sleeping, um, you know, in, <laughs> in, you know, like in folded seats and everything in the back of a car, which I think is super fun and extremely adventurous. And then you were talking about how like water was seeping through the cracks or like even bugs, <laughs> like mosquitoes getting in through the vents. Like, like what was, how long was that trip? First of all, I didn't, I didn't really get a grasp of the time. Yeah, that was uh, two months in New Zealand. Two months <laughs> in New Zealand living like that. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> we had a system. We had good old duct tape and plastic bags to catch the dripping water every time it poured into the car. <laughs> and so, you know, you were just talking about plotting out like maybe three potential places that you would stay. In, yeah. In this particular trip, though, I saw you in a car like 100% of the time. So is that was, was that the intention? It was the intention to go around in a car, but it actually was super difficult to figure out where to stay because there's so many restrictions just like here that you can't just pull up, you know, next to a tree and expect to, you know, sleep there and not be disturbed by um, law enforcement or something. Yeah, yeah. So we spent a lot of time wandering around or checking on the internet. We downloaded an app, you know, for as far as where vehicles can safely and sleep for the night without getting a fee. Okay, that cool. Was, that was a, a very um, interesting trip. What, <laughs> what is that app that you used to kind of plot out the safe places or like... Oh, I can't remember, but it's definitely a New Zealand app. Okay. Um, I'll have to dig back into my journal because I know I wrote it down. And that's the only thing. I do document my travels by journaling. It's more like stats. Okay. How much things cost, where I'm going, how long it takes, just in case if I ever want to go back. I, it's it's my own um, research manual, I guess you could say. Cool. So um, if you come up with it and if you get a chance to just like shoot me a message, I would love to like link, yeah. maybe link the app for that New Zealand app. Um, cool, yeah. You know, in the description of the podcast episode, that'd be cool. Just as yeah. a reference for others, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay, so I know you're limited on time, so I kind of want to jump back to where we were going earlier. You you are now park ranger. Um, yeah. And so you applied in 2016. Yeah. And I, get, I mean, how many applications do you think you put out there prior to being in the position that you're uh, in now? I don't know. Probably put 15 in and got denied every single one. <laughs> 15 applications, denied all 15. Yeah, and in some of them, they'll, they'll be applicable to multiple locations in one application. So, okay. you know, that means all those locations in that one application and denied me. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I got you. So, like, you know, just for the sake of this conversation several parks may have the same questions and so when you apply you're technically applying to all of those parks um you're applying by region okay. and then they'll have like you know if it's okay you're practicing with it's grand canyon it's the northern south Rim, and the desert view but they're all gonna you know most likely be one application pool but they're literally different positions okay so, um, I mean, what are some of the, I don't, I don't know if you're able to even discuss like specific questions, but what would you say, you know, so of the 15 applications that you put out there, what did you learn about what they were looking for? Um, well, I, w- I actually was frustrated in 2016. I was like, man, this, this, this wasn't supposed to go like this. Like, I'm not getting any responses. I'm actually getting a little irritated. But I don't understand uh, how I'm supposed to get like And of course, my dad is military. He's like, you know, all you do is apply. I'm like, yeah, I, that's what I'm doing. Like, why is no one responding? And I was like, I think it's for you because you're a veteran. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> wait, wait, it kind, of, it kind of cut out a little bit. Can you give me that aha moment that you just explained? Oh, so my dad was saying, you know, you just keep applying, and I was getting frustrated because I I am, and so I'm, I'm doing that, and then I, I said, you know, it's easy for you to get a job because you're a veteran, and I was just thinking to myself, oh, okay, I'm not a veteran. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I knew there is, like, a certain experience level that you have to have, and obviously, I, I don't. 
I don't really have an ambition to go into the military and put in, you know, 20 some years. <laughs> right. Okay. I got you. Um, so, and then I also, I need to get my degree. So I was like, I don't have enough time and money to really go back to school. And it's really hard for me to stay in a classroom. That's just not my attention level. Like attention span. I, I just, I have to keep moving. Yeah. So then I was like, you know what? I think it's just solid experience. So that's what I was really lacking. And I think that's when I was like, all right, so I'm going to start finding jobs and gigs where it'll get me some type of experience in the field. And then I went from there. So what were some of those jobs and experiences? Yeah, so I, um, well, first of all, I applied for a wilderness first responder course. And I knew, well, one, if I'm already doing all these outdoor activities, I'd better be safe when I do it. And I feel like everyone, if you are interested in any anything from, you know, skiing to hiking, backpacking, if you're climbing, surfing, whatever it is, you need to have some sort of awareness. If things go wrong, how can you help yourself and, you know, potentially others? So I decided on my own that I wanted to take this course. And so with taking that, it opened other doors for me. And so then I got an internship at University of Riverside with their outdoor program. I got some freelance uh, gigs guiding for, you know, companies with people that I met through the Wafer program. And then you just keep going from there. You just like keep expanding and every person you meet, you have to keep in mind, hey, that might be a connection for the future. Sound advice. Totally cool that you started with like, you know, this is something that I just need to know for myself because I like being outside and enjoying the outdoors. Taking the course then led you to the internship, which led you to more exposure to the outdoors and helping others, guiding others, etc. Yeah. That's legit. Get it. It's, do your homework. Do your homework. And again, it's simple, but not easy. No, it's not easy. And it it is kind of an experimental way of learning. I'm not sitting in a classroom, you know, listening to professors. I'm doing it in a different way, more like in the field and in something that I'm really interested in. Yeah. So you have like tangible experience that, um, a, you know, national monument or park would be interested in knowing that you've had that experience and have, you know, they, they can have confidence in the higher review. Mm-hmm. And also, um, volunteering too. Okay. Like cool. volunteering, I think also was another big switch for me because, you know, that's something you have to want to do and it is a second job, but if you if you put the time and work into it, you'll get the experience that you really need that you may not notice in the first place. All right, got it. Well, so it sounds like it's, there's no one thing that like turned the light bulb on for people to pay attention to you. It's really a combination of multiple experiences and just trial and error. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, there's no like, okay, take this class and then boom, you're gonna get a job. Yeah. Okay. All I mean, right. Does that does that ever really happen? No, that doesn't. Know. Happen. <laughs> no, that's the truth. It does not happen. Um, dang it! I had a question too that just kind of popped up on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, it was there, and Dig then deep, Eddie. I I totally let that one go. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. There we go. What what do you what have you sacrificed? Whether that's one thing or multiple things, what have you sacrificed in your journey to be where you are now and the experiences that you've had? Probably the biggest thing is security. Security? <laughs> Financial security. Financial yeah. security. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm not making a lot of money. In fact, I've, I don't think I've ever had an actual uh, bank account that was like, all right, I'm good. Uh, I can buy a car. I can put a down payment on a house. Like, yeah, 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 it is, I knew that going into it, that it doesn't make money, um, in the first place, but then I thought, well, what, it, what really matters, is it the money, and how much fancy things that normally other people have, but then again, I think about it, I'm like, I don't really care about all that stuff, 
like what I really spend my money on is gas to get somewhere so I can go back up to the I'm so glad that you went into that too. I don't, I don't, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was just, I was just about to ask, like, so where, how is, how is that compensated? And I think that what you're getting at though is that like your perspective or what's it, what's valuable to you isn't necessarily getting the house and having, I don't know, the, the retirement fund. It's, it's to continue the exploration. It's to con- continue this, this thing that drives you to be out out of yeah. ho- home like you're, you're like the entire world is your home like literally you know what i mean yeah so yeah that's cool um, i think a lot of it has to do with i like the idea of storytelling because man i when i think about and the other day i was i was going through some old pictures and i was like man i remember exactly where i was that's such a funny story i remember who i was with and what happened and what went wrong and how we got through it and Oh man, I made it out alive. Sweet. Oh, and then this photo. It's like every everything has a story. Yeah. And a lot of the times I'm like, man, if I hadn't done this, I wouldn't have these things to remember and tell people. That's funny. Because, uh, like, here's the deal, too. We, for mo- most of us, myself included, like, I have, you know, there's repetition in my life. I think all of us can, can to some degree, say that they have some repetition in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think about, like, times where, like, I've contemplated, should I pull the kids for that one extra day to camp at the beach? Like, even if it's just going <laughs> down the coast, you know what I mean? Which is super accessible to me. But then, like, we're outside and we're sleeping on the floor and I like that kind of stuff and my kids are still down to do it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I know, and I started thinking to myself, you know what? They'll never forget a day at the beach, but they can totally forget about the science test on Thursday. Yep. Like, they'll, like they'll never remember that science test, but they like, will totally oh, man, remember. Like, number nine wrong. For sure, right? Like, it, yeah. So that's that's cool. And I think that it very much kind of really relies on how much you value those those moments, whether if it's, if it's a monetary, that's a monetary value that's important to you, then by mm-hmm. all means, if that's the truth, then by all, by, by all means pursue that. And you're saying yeah. though, that like what compensates for that is your experience and your stories that you're able to kind of, you know, take with you to the grave, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's all perspective. It really depends on what, what matters to you and what that is. You'll find, if you really study yourself, you'll find that what you don't like and what less about and they'll really start picking out things that man i love this passionate about this i want to do this uh kind of that way yeah yeah for sure okay so as we're wrapping up i know again back to you being short on time i want to respect that um are there any you know with everything that you've experienced and, and again look at this the stories that you've built photos that you've um been able to collect for yourself um is there any kind of like grand scheme or like grand finale that you have in the future? No, I don't want to plan that. <laughs> I think that's the whole fun of it. Respect, Those, respect. Like you, I think the best plan is sometimes just no plan. Yeah. You just got to figure it out, Ooh. see what happens. And yeah, it may be a little risky, but if you do your homework, do the back work, I think all you have the precautions in the back of your mind. Don't forget about those. Uh, should still be able to have a lot. It'll it'll be a good experience regardless. Sure. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. <sighs> um. Gosh, man. This, oh man. I, we could just like talk I all know. day. I have so I, many <laughs> I believe it. I like like I've just had a handful of, of the last two weeks. I've just had a handful of adventures. Like Baldy was one of them. Went to the Sequoias. Went to Big Sur with oh. my kids. I've got a meteor shower that I'll be watching next Saturday. You know what I mean? Like so I'm Woo! I'm like I, I'm just on this binge right now, and I don't want it to stop. But it was, what I'm worried about is actually it. Like I don't have anything planned in the next month. You know. Um, but it's crazy oh. when I talk to other people about those stories just in the last two weeks. I yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm soapboxing or like super self absorbed because I'm just stoked. I'm just so extremely happy that I got You're a chance to do it. You're never not stoked. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's right. Man. Um but actually just you mentioning that, um, there was a time period of four months where I had quit my job jobs in LA. Oh yeah. And I was unemployed 
I was like, all right, guys, I am doing everything. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the most productive, as far as, like, I did so many trips in those four months. Like, every week I was doing something that I was like, Ooh, I mean, all right, I might be running on money, I'm not being poor, but hey, I have all those fun times, and I'll, I'll find a job, don't worry, and then I did find a job, like, you know, a month later, which was great, um, but then having that experience, I realized that when I got that kind of, um, it was a retail job, I was like, all right, every month, I'm planning something That's great. Okay. That's great. You're very intentional about it because of those experiences. Yeah. yeah. That's so dope, man. Like, I, it's it's funny because you had four months of, like, being dead broke or whatever the case might have been, but you had, like, the time of your life because no one had control of your schedule. Uh, yeah, that's actually – that's so true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it boils down to. And, and, and you were doing the thing that, like, you're super passionate about. And now look at you. I mean, with all of that – all of that that you experienced and everything, you know that you gravitated toward what you're doing as an occupation now, and you don't mind that that is your schedule because you're doing exactly what your heart intends to, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would be paying to go to the mountains anyways, but now I get to live here. Woo! Yeah, that is, man. Well, um, I'm going to, uh, okay, so I'm going to kind of close it out with this. I've done this a handful of times with other guests of mine. I, okay. I, I've, I'm the one to ask you all the questions. I'm going to leave it to you. Can you please ask our audience um, one question? Like, what is the question of the day that Melinda wants to ask of people? Ooh, question of the day. All right. So, how do I, I have, I have a question. Let me, let me form it in my mind. Right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give you your time. And this is, is this is something that, you know, like anybody can think about right yeah yeah i mean if hey if you want to go if you want to go completely off the path of what we even talked about i mean i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um it would it would honestly be like wherever you go every place you put your foot how do you want the world to be left behind when you see that footprint left behind is it going to be better than when you left it is it going to tell a story of who you are and how are you going to make an impact that is more positive all right there you go question of the day go ahead and hit us up on instagram or comment comment on the podcast for sure and let us know your thoughts we'd love to kind of respond to that melinda how can people see some of your cool cool photos that you're very selfish about sharing um, well, definitely stay tuned on my Instagram. Okay. I'm at Where's Melinda Now. Cool. And I pretty much, I only use Instagram. Um, I don't really use Facebook, so that's probably the best place. And if anybody has questions, you can hit up Eddie, and then he can hit up me, and then I can maybe pass on my personal email. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, that sounds awesome. If you guys want any advice directly from Melinda, um, reach out to me or DM Where's Melinda Now on Instagram, and maybe she can share some insight for you before you travel, um, or as you're pursuing what it is that she's done, she's got some insight for you. Yay. Cool. Melinda, thank, thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Hey, girl, I appreciate you taking the time. I know that we didn't really have time to like catch up on a personal level, but you taking the time to talk to me about what you're doing really means a lot. It means a lot to my audience, too. So I uh, appreciate your yeah. time. So much respect this- for you pursuing this, too, for real. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. This is really – this is my first podcast. Hey. I'm guest speaking, <laughs> so – I'm glad that it's yours. <laughs> cool, cool. I'm honored to, that you feel that way. That's dope. I can't wait to share it. So, um, yeah, I'll let you drive back up the mountain. I know you only connected with me for a short moment, so I'll let you go. All right. Thank you so much, Eddie. All right. Take hey, care. We'll talk again we'll some talk more. We'll talk later. All right. Cool, girl. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. See, I told you she's a lot of fun. Melinda's philosophies are so free-spirited that you can just feel her vibe through conversation and it's it's even more vibrant when you're around her. So I hope that one day some of you listeners might be able to cross paths with her the way that I have and it's been great. Um, you know, her values might also even differ from most people, but what resonates with me through Melinda's world is that she stuck with her gut. She remained loyal to her spirit and through that, 
she's been able to live with a sincere kind of happiness. And isn't that what so many of us are trying to master in our lives, to truly be at peace with ourselves and to love ourselves so that we can contribute our energy in a positive manner outwardly to other people? If you want to connect with Melinda Guerrero, you can find her on Insta at Where's Melinda Now. That's at Where's Melinda Now. And you can hit her up on the DM. Go follow her at Where's Melinda Now. And she'll be able to open uh, open up and offer some of her insight on how you can scratch your travel and adventure itch. Melinda, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, thank you so much for your time and your energy. The world needs more of that energy. So I thank you so much for being a part of my life. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it from me. Thank you so much for joining me and Melinda in the fun conversation that we had. And I hope you had as much fun listening to it as we did conversing in this episode. Have yourselves an awesome day. Have a phenomenal week. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode of Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. Let's go.